This episode of The Real Photo Show is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club, a monthly subscription service for photo book enthusiasts. Working with the most respected names in contemporary photography, Charcoal selects and delivers essential photo books to a worldwide community of collectors. Each month, members receive a signed first edition monograph and an exclusive print to add to their collections. You can visit them and sign up at charcoalbookclub.com. Last month's selection was Jesse Lenz's The Locusts, and you can actually hear Jesse talk about that book in the previous episode of Real Photo Show. And this month's selection is Mark Steinmetz's South Central, which is a remastered edition of the long out-of-print book and long sought-after book. So I'll be doing a more detailed introduction to that book on the Real Photo Show YouTube channel and on Instagram TV at Real Photo Show. Welcome to episode 126 of The Real Photo Show. My guest today is David Alpert. David is an artist and curator living and working in Kansas City. His curatorial work involves interaction, connection, and collaboration with others. His work is performative and driven by a desire to bring people together. The pandemic has been a unique challenge to David, who is currently in the curatorial practice program at MICA. We talk about how he has continued to create collaborative work during the COVID shutdown. And David was a finalist in a show called What is Your Reality in the Pandemic Era, which was created and hosted by friend of the show and former guest Ajwan Song of the Orange Art Foundation. And the finalist that was selected was awarded a spot on The Real Photo Show. So David and I have a really interesting conversation about how he collaborates with artists in curating shows and even performing shows. And that will make more sense uh, when you listen to the episode. All right, just two quick announcements. Uh, There's a little bit of time left for the Chico Hot Springs Portfolio Reviews and Charcoal Publishing Prize. Uh, That is open until December 20th, so you should definitely head over to chicoreview.com and check that out. Uh, This year, it is virtual. There'll be one grand prize winner at the end of the review, and that winner will have their book published and distributed by Charcoal Book Club. Also, everyone who attends the event will have a selection of their work published and distributed in an Opus catalog by the Charcoal Book Club. And the keynote speakers are Sean Davey, Alejandro Cartagena, Tanya Franco-Klein, Ron Jude, Susan Lipper, and Christian Patterson. So again, you have to apply by December 20th. Uh, head over to ChicoReview.com. The other announcement is this Thursday, December 17th, which I think is today. I'm not exactly sure because I don't know exactly which day this uh, will be released. Uh, Could be the day before, it could be the day of, but um, head over to jkcgallery.online. So it's jkcgallery, all one word, dot online, so that you can register for our last third Thursday of the year. Third Thursdays is an artist talk, a virtual artist talk this year, which is moderated by Heather Palasek and Habib Suwab and hosted by me at the JKC Gallery. And this month's featured photographers are Derek Fashbender and Eric Lampe. So that is December 17th from 7 to 8 p.m. Go to jkcgallery.online to register for that Zoom link. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show and we will talk soon. I'm David Alpert. I'm an artist and a curator living and working in Kansas City, and I'm also attending the Curatorial Practice MFA program at the Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore. Um, 
The program is good, just to put it simply. It's with um, Jose Ruiz is the program director, and he's uh, just a really wonderful educator and curator. And so it's been a pleasure working with him, but it certainly has been a strange experience doing it all remotely from here. Are you a, a later returning student? No, I'm a... <laughs> This is my first year. But I mean, uh, did you take a big break oh, between... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So yes, I, yeah. Um, I took undergrad, a... Undergrad, grad. Yeah, I finished my undergrad in 2011. So yeah, it's been it's been a solid nine years. I'm 30, so it's... Oh, yeah. That's about what I did, actually. I did 10 years. Oh, yeah. cool. You've been incredibly active in the arts in your sort of home state, right? You're on the Arts Council of Johnson City? Uh, Johnson County, yeah. Um, oh, Johnson County? So, yeah. yeah, so that's I grew up in Johnson County, which is in Kansas. So Kansas City kind of toes the line between Kansas and Missouri. Kansas City, though, right. when you think of it, is in Missouri. And so, yeah, I grew up in Johnson County, and I've been serving on that Arts Council of Johnson County board for, oh, man, I want to say like four or five years at this point. Were you also involved in the arts when you were in Jackson County? Um, well, so I'm living in Jackson County currently, which is in Kansas City. So yeah, oh, that's where I'm doing most of like my personal curatorial and art studio work and stuff is all, all over here for, for the most part. And then for Johnson County, I, the main thing I do over there is I just serve on that board and, and help. It's a nonprofit. And, oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm on their governing board. You know, it seems like, well, first, you know, we should we should backtrack a little bit. <laughs> So you're here because uh, I was a sponsor of a show called What is Your Reality in the Pandemic Era? It was initiated by Orange Art and curated. Well, jur the jurors were Anthony Hayden Guest, Jonathan Goodman, Deborah Jack, Kuzma Vostrakov, and Ajwan Song. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you were, a, is it, did they call it a juror's choice? Is that what it was? Um, or what was your selection? <laughs> um, they, my official title, I think, ended up being finalist. Oh, okay. Yeah, was what they called it. But I'm the only, <laughs> I also, it's like I won that competition, if you want to call it that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whatever it was. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was one of your Polaroids, right? Correct. Yeah. So all of my photography is just instant photography, primarily just Instax Square photos. And so, oh, okay. yeah, they're, they're Instax Square. So basically a Polaroid, but smaller. And it was called Hugging My Mom from a Distance 2020. And of course, that was related to the pandemic era, right? Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a, a motion, almost looks multiple exposure, but maybe a slow shutter speed kind of photo. Yeah, so it's a double exposure. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I use a Lomo Instant Square camera from Lomography. So it has a lot of those sort of toy-like camera features on there, like easy double yeah. exposure and stuff. But yeah, so it's a double exposure I took that photograph, I want to say, in May or June. It was early on after quarantine. And so mm -hmm. there was like very little human to human contact at that point. So it was a way for me to hug my mom in a way, but virtually. That is on your website in a, it's more of a generalized. And I want to talk more about your website because it's pretty interesting. Oh, thank <laughs> you. you. You have this these two sort of general, I think, categories called photo or photography on your website. And it was part of that. And I think I, what I found interesting about looking at your work was that there's a very kind of stream of consciousness in the moment. Uh, and I, I, I think in the show, they called it an informal quality uh, to the work, right? Where it seems like you have this idea and you, you, you execute in a certain way, but sort of like your medium, it feels very instant. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that kind of relates because if you look at like my other studio kind of work, it's a lot more um, like time consuming and a lot more uh, like purposeful in its intention maybe. 
the instant photography I picked up as a way to have fully completed projects or completed like objects very quickly because I wasn't able to put in time like I used to be. And I was really thinking about it just as like a side thing just to keep my creative sort of um, flow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it ends up because I don't really put any limitations on it. It ends up being very all over the place. And yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Due to the nature of the medium, it's all these instantaneous moments. So depending on whatever mood I'm in or what I'm around, it's going to it's gonna translate in that way. It's so funny. I, I even wrote down, it's like, well, I'm doing this right now and that's a project. That's what it felt like when I was looking at it, <laughs> that work. Yeah. And, and you can see... Your website has this um, kind of early 2000s <laughs> kind of feel to it, right? Yeah, like certainly. A little, yeah. which is, it's actually kind of fun to, to roam around your website. Um, but it the links actually take you to, I think the, I think the, ga- the way you set up your gallery is very specific to the work, right? So there are some bodies of work that are in what look like very more formal website galleries and some bodies of work where it's just sort of like, you know, a bunch of squares put up there, right? Yeah. Um, much more loosely organized. And the more traditional kind of subset of your gallery, right? That's the other work you were talking about where it's, it's a little more time intensive or a little more uh, long-term project oriented. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, the photography is like one thing kind of on the on the side, which has, because I do it all the time, has become a main thing um, in a way, uh, but it's still very loose. And then I do these other projects occasionally that are much more um, organized mm-hmm. and like are much more resource and time intensive. So those started at the beginning, they actually started around the same time as the photography, about the beginning of 2018 is when I started really getting into those. The first project I did was... Um, thismuch.org, which is like an annual writing competition um, about love. Is that part of the Reality Club? Yeah, so I use, kind of. So it's a little Mm -hmm. tricky. I use the name, Reality Club is not actually really a club. It's a name I use when I curate stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just really a moniker. Yeah, I did that because I felt like it was a lot easier for me to communicate with people and to get people interested. David Alpert is curating something, maybe doesn't have the same ring to it as Reality Club is curating something. And I don't know. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, it allows me to talk in the collective first person also. So when I'm saying Reality Club, I can say we are doing this or that, and it makes it sound more like uh, legitimized. <laughs> yeah. And you primarily consider yourself a curator? Yeah. I mean, I, I love making art and, and doing that also and doing the photography, and I still am interested in pursuing that to an extent. But I just don't see how um, I don't feel confident in that translating to being able to like support myself full time. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. And so if I need another job, I would love for that to also be involved in art. And I like curating and I like doing curatorial projects and working with artists. So it seemed like that was a logical like fit. Yeah. Well, the the other sort of big part of your website are these more what feel like community based art projects, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's a lot of collaboration involved. And you know that's why it there's um I would say like a kind of openness to what you think art is. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like there's a there's a real kind of it should be accessible to everyone and enjoyed by everyone and made by everyone and consumed by everyone and like like I feel like there's this very open idea about participation in art with with your work and your curatorial work and your organizing work. Yeah, yeah. I think both in my personal projects and in the artists that I like to try and work with, participation and interaction and inclusion in those kind of ways and sort of intimate ways tends to be a theme. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how I'm thinking, about, I think you're right, like how I think about what is an art object or also authorship of art objects. For example, like I curated something recently and I said that there was a Ruth Asawa work in the show, but the Ruth Asawa work I had in the show was uh, her stamps that came out recently. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that is like, is that an object by her? And in a way it is, I think. So st- stuff like that too. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's definitely throughout your website, I, you know, that idea. I was thinking in particular from the Reality Club, there's uh, a link to what's called remote collaboration. Mm, yeah. Which is really interesting. Uh, I, I believe part of that was, and, and you could correct me um, if I'm wrong, was that you were looking for suggestions and in some moments you were performing some of those suggestions. Is that right? Uh, yeah, kind of. So it's really based heavily on a Hans Ulrich Obris hotel chambre i forget the room number uh for that but what he did and i basically copied it is um (laughs) artists would send him directions and then he would follow those directions to the best of his ability uh and so i modeled it on the same thing i had just converted my apartment to like a gallery space right before Mm -hmm. quarantine started so i basically put out an open call and said you know you send me directions and i'll do what i can with the materials that i have Right. Yeah. And right. so some of it was performance based, some of it was sculpture, some of it was like coloring books. It was like it ranged. Creating a Taoist spell of prosperity. Yeah. Uh, I made some coloring book pages if you would like to print them out and color them in. Secret sauce, which which was um creating discs of some kind? Yeah, so that was a project by an artist, Sydney Smith, and they are currently an undergrad student at the Kansas City Art Institute, KCI. Mm. And so they sent me directions to, they use paper making in their practice a lot. And so the idea was I was supposed to write down a secret on like a separate piece of paper over and over again. Oh, okay. And then I then blended those up, made paper. The reason they're disc shaped is because I don't have like a screen to make paper with. Oh. <laughs> and so I used uh, the screen from my French press for my coffee filter. <laughs> yeah. And so they're all, That's they're, awesome. all yeah, they're all French press shaped. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, if you could like see them in person, you'd even see like the little dot in the middle from from uh-huh. that screen. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should I, I should give credit uh, too. Uh, like you were saying, uh, the Taoist spell is J.C. Franco. Mm. Coloring book pages, page Nicole Gordon. Yeah. And then uh, COVID nineteen could drastically affect human biological evolution. Robert Castillo. Yeah, that was yeah. that was an interesting. He wrote both an essay, a short essay, and he sent me a picture of a painting. And so then what I did. Because he didn't really give any further instructions in that. And it's kind of a rule. Oh. I didn't go back to them to ask for further instructions. So however you took it or received it, that's yeah. what you were. Yeah, so with. I right. took his painting and deconstructed it into all these different elements that he had using, um, I think I used Illustrator. And then I made sort mm-hmm. of like a booklet for the essay out of that and designed that and printed it. It almost looks like a, a pamphlet about the virus, right? And yeah. and you what you did is you took the the elements of the painting and you made it kind of viral blobs out of them. Yeah. (laughs) Virus looking blobs. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of pamphlets that like you would see that people leave on the bus that are like Mm -hmm. those weird Christian pamphlets that people leave. It sort of is is reminiscent of that, a little bigger in scale. I was almost thinking more like a pediatric care, like a pediatrician's (sighs) office, like more of a, you know, fun. This is is why you have a cold, right? Yeah. And then it's (laughs) like this sort of heady existential take on on COVID. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the other collaborative project I was looking over was passing notes that I found mm, really interesting. Yes. So that was that was my first um, publicly commissioned project. I did that through an organization called Art in the Loop here in Kansas City. They do an annual open call, 
And that project was, it's, I mean, it's very simple. It's just, I invite people to pass notes through library books. The idea being like a future reader who shares this connection with that, at least they have some interest in the same book as you, gets to see the secret note from you. And I did that through the Kansas City Library also. So, and that was really fun. I got to go to like several different branches. I met with several book clubs, went to like different events. Like they had a 30th anniversary for for the Blueford branch and things like that. It was that was that was a fun one. And like what was the experience? You know, what what kind of notes, uh, what kind of reactions did people feel connected? Yeah, so it's kind of it's in the air a little bit because I only see the first side of it, right? So like I'm not I haven't heard about anyone like receiving a note. So I don't know how what that experience is like or even if it's occurred, it's possible that it didn't happen. The experience of making the notes was pretty diverse, both in terms of like what people wanted to say or what they wanted to do. Um, You know, people participated ranging. I met with like an elementary school group. So ranging from like age five to much older people in these book clubs. Yeah, there's there's photos of you with just that range, really, like like with kids and and older adults. Yeah, I think it kind of like goes in line with um, just like how much I love libraries. And libraries being this like almost like this last community center that's like actually paid for by, by the government. Mm. You know, everything happens at a library, at least in Kansas City, it does. People become American citizens at libraries. They read books, they watch movies, they go there for resources, they go there to learn a new language or just to hang out, or to eat, you know, all these things, they all happen at the library. So it's a really dynamic place. I was interested in finding out more about one of the... I think, longer term projects on your website called I Miss You, I Feel. Yeah. So that project was, I had been working on it for a while and it ended up being in this group show called Origin Stories at this space called Open House, which is no longer in existence, but it was a space um, here in Kansas City, an unfinished house. That's why it was called that. And I did the project in response to thinking about my grandparents who are all dead and have been dead for a while. It's not like a recent thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it deals with the, uh, I'm Jewish, and there's a Jewish ritual of placing pebbles on gravestones, which in looking at like the research of that isn't like halakha, it's not law, it's more of like a superstition. But my family at the cemetery, we also put acorns on the on the gravestones, mm. which is sort of like an adopted family practice. And so it, it deals with that and also deals with sort of like thinking about training to mourn. So I created a simulation, really. I made a bunch of fake pebbles and acorns out of clay, unfired. And I have AstroTurf laid out. I went and did a crayon rubbing of their gravestones. So I made like a fake gravesite. Okay, I was wondering about the crayon. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it seemed cra- very kid-like. Yeah, yeah. They're crayon rubbings of their gravestones. And then I colored them in also with crayon. Just sort of okay. based on like intuitive, like emotional connection and color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so people could come. They could interact with the piece fully. They could take a pebble or an acorn or both and then kind of create their own ritual because they're unfired clay, they'll dissolve over time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah. The, my next, one of my questions was going to be, are they chocolate? What is that? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. They kind of have that, that nice color to them. But yeah, they're, they're unfired yeah. clay. Yeah. So it's an installation piece. They, with the, the turf represents the, the cemetery, right? The lawn of the cemetery. And then the, the crayon rubbings of the, the gravestone are there as the as the headstones or the plaques on the plots, right? Yeah. And then surrounded are the pebbles and, and acorns that you could either place on the 
the plaques, right? Or you could take with you. Yeah. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah. You could take them with you. And there's a film or an audio clip? Yeah. So I made a film to go with it. And the audio clip is from an interview. Um, NPR was doing this thing in town where you could go um, and like conduct an interview between two people. Like you could sign up and they would record oh, was that, that. Was that StoryCorps? Yes, I think so. Yeah, StoryCorps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I love StoryCorps. Yeah. So my mom and my <laughs> older brother participated in that. And they were talking about this experience. My grandpa lived with us before he died. And so they were talking mm. about that in the interview. So I took the audio from that. And then I made a dual projected uh, Super 8 film, like 8mm. And I, I like have a digital version, which is on the website. But then I also like at the actual show projected that and, and ran that. Another thing I noticed on your site is you're, you're sort of collecting everything you're doing at MICA, right? There's like this this archive of syllabi and notes and work and all kinds of things. Yeah, so that is an archive I started. Um, I started at the very beginning of the semester. We have an assignment as part of my program to archive our work, or at least our thesis work, and I brought in that to all my work. And it's really a twofold thing. One part of it is thinking about how during this pandemic, I'm living through what I think will most likely end up being a very historic moment. And I'm trying to catalog my experience in that moment. And part of that experience for me is that all of my classes are through Zoom. They're all remote. Yeah. And so I'm taking these screenshots of all of these different aspects of those things, like slides from presentations. I record people's cursors or plants. Oh, wow. Yeah, things like that. The cursors is kind of fun because it's almost like um, something that like, and there's a lot of examples of these types of things, but like you very rarely see people's hands in Zoom. Hands being like a very important way of communication in America and also like a very intimate thing in America and stuff like that. So I'm thinking of the cursors as almost like people's hands. Like I'll go and like hold mm. their hand by following their cursor with my cursor. It's like something I do. That's secret. so interesting. Yeah, and then the second part of it is that I'm also thinking about like, could someone try and learn what I'm learning now without being in my program? And so I'm putting all of the syllabi, all of the lists of readings, my class notes, my projects, everything like that. So if someone really was like, I want to do this curatorial practice program, but I don't want to enroll or pay for it to do anything like that, then they can do all of that. In, not completely, but a large part of it, I think. Yeah. And, and then thinking about all this remote work and remote learning and being a curator and you know, your practice, you also lose this sort of... Um, uh, ability to have a, a tactile interaction with artwork too, right? The, you know, when when looking at work and researching work, there is a big difference between seeing it on a screen and then going to visit it in person. Yeah, right? yeah, there's a huge difference. I think normally I am very consistently, by normally I mean pre-pandemic, I was very consistently going to exhibitions and performances and talks and all of these things and regularly going to museums and DIY spaces. And that was a huge part of my life. And now that the pandemic has started, I think the main way that I've seen art is through like slides of presentations, artwork and people's Zoom backgrounds, maybe some websites if I'm like searching around that way. You know, I'm still watching movies and things like that. But um, yeah, so it's this very disassociating experience. And I think like some people have adjusted more so than others. You know, I think these things where you see just like pictures of an exhibit and they're just like online is like one way to handle it but for me i like to think about like the online platform like it is a medium there's work that really is meant for that and then there's work that really isn't and it's good to see pictures for reference and things like that but it's not 
it's not even close to being the same. It's very different. Yeah, no, that's right. I think that's a, a really great way to look at it. You know, the this this world of, and I do it too with my gallery in Trenton, this world of uh, having artist talks and showing work and having virtual shows, that's a that's its own space, right? That's its own uh, yeah. medium. And it's not yeah. all like bad or good or even fits in that dichotomy. Right. It's like artist talks now are much more accessible around the globe. They yeah. are. But they're also much less, like you're not sharing a, a space in the same way either. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, one of the things, it's, it's something that I also do with my students is after the talk, I just leave, I leave Zoom open and anyone who wants to just stay on and, and chat with the artists or just talk. And, um, you know, it, it, it is like this, it just becomes this kind of like after hours, after talk, right? Yeah. Everybody relaxes a little bit. Every, the questions are, are less constructed, right? And it's actually, a, it is a nice way to try to, you know, keep that community going. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very different from being in the gallery and then going out for a drink afterwards. Yeah, definitely. And I think there too, there's like, even just like little things, like I think about just scale and like how mm -hmm. for the past, you know, however many months it's been, all of my interactions with my other students and teachers, like they're all miniature in comparison, right. right? And even just like that subtle sort of experience is very different. And not only is it miniature, but I can move you. Mm. Like, so <laughs> wow. like that's also very strange. <laughs> like I can, I can it pick is. you up and move you around my screen. And like, that's, it's weird. Right. It's a weird thing. Yeah. You choose the views, you choose the grid and the size of the grid. I mean, yeah, it's, it is, it's a, I'm sure I'm sure five years from now we'll get some psychological evaluations and things like yeah. that. Of, of, I'm going to have know, like some very happened. strange agoraphobic reaction to something in a couple of years, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So again, the work is is very interactive and collaborative. Where does all of this um, this idea of art come from? What's your background? Yeah, so I've been experiencing art really my whole life. It's up to like an exact point. So in growing up in Kansas City, I've been going to the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art forever and that's been like really a, a place for me and then I always took art classes was always drawn to it and then that just became kind of more and more maybe serious over time I didn't study I mean I took a couple classes in college for art and it was you important started out to me. in economics right yeah yeah. <laughs> Occidental, yeah I got a degree in Occidental economics college. mainly because I didn't like school at the time and I it was the <laughs> fastest way for me to graduate yeah I was able to graduate a year early because I chose that major but economics oh, is wow. interesting also like I, I like it but you took art classes at Occidental yeah yeah I took art classes there um, and then we also had an exchange program with the art center in Pasadena so I took a few classes over there with, um, uh, I took a class with Franklin Ligel, who was like a very inspirational person. He was, um, he did sculpture, but collage mainly, like was his kind mm -hmm. of thing. He passed away a couple of years after I graduated. Uh, yeah. And then I worked very briefly with Alexandra Grant as like a studio assistant for her. And yeah, so I was like sort of involved there and then it kind of dropped off after after college was sculpture your first foray into art or no i mean I, I can't remember what my first stuff was when i was like very young what i was interested in in college specifically was printmaking oh yeah, yeah. i studied printmaking um kind of all across the gamut all kinds but like we had a letterpress at my college so i was able to take some classes with that you know and everything else as well um so yeah i, I was very into printmaking so after after Occidental, you were out and you were working. Were you working? Uh, were you doing making art then? Um, I made art like on the side, nothing serious though. I wasn't trying to exhibit it anywhere or really do much with it. I worked in commercial real estate until I started school this semester. Oh wow! Yeah, doing property management, development, office administrative work, all all the things. 
And then in 2018, you went to Engage Kansas City Mid-America Arts Alliance. What was that? So Mid-America Arts Alliance is a regional arts nonprofit organization, a great organization. And they run this program, Engage, which is really an educational program for nonprofits, mainly for like executive directors, but you could also bring a board member. So I did that through the Arts Council of Johnson County. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm certainly interested in like, the more administrative side of things and how organizations work and sort of the politics and funding and all of those kind of things. I'm also on the board for a micro cinema in town called Stray Cat Film Center. Hmm. Yeah. What is that? It's a nonprofit micro cinema. Um, I didn't found it. I joined on later. Um, But they just show a lot more, I would say, like strange or weird or funky movies. And they do very cool events. Um, Yeah, right now we're a little hamstrung, obviously. With the pandemic and all, and being in a curatorial program, um, it is antithetical to the idea of being in touch with people and visiting artists and visiting studios. And so what have you done to uh, adjust or are you just sort of waiting a little bit? Um, I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, there's certainly this idea, you know, that this isn't forever and things will change. They won't go like back necessarily, but they will be a lot more open and those, you know, physical interactions are going to happen a lot more, you know, seeing people face to face and being able to be in a room together. Um, So part of it is a waiting game. Part of it is still searching for ways to have interactions during this time. You know, I'm still working on projects that are collaborative in nature. Just how those are set up is very, very different. Um, I mean, just... Even the fact that I'm not in Baltimore right now is very different than what I expected. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But like as an example of some things that I'm working on, I mean, there was the the remote collaboration, which is still technically ongoing. I had someone contact me recently about kind of trying to do that again. I curated a series and I'm still doing that called To You, which is where I do personalized exhibits outdoors for people. And then I'm starting a thing called the Wintertime Adventure Club. Before you get to that, the you said you curated outdoor exhibits for people through what process like remote collaboration or something Um, something no it's a different thing i called it to you sort of like a letter almost what it was is uh people can email me and basically request to to participate in this and then they can send me some interests if they desire or not and i take objects specifically from like just the stuff i have so i guess my permanent collection or reality club's permanent collection and then i curate a show for them so I create like, you know, a list of works. I do research on those works. I meet oh. them outside somewhere, you know, safe so we can be distanced and safe and stuff like that. Uh, you can see some pictures on my website and they choose mm-hmm. the location. What would that be under? Uh, it would be to you is what it's called. It might Oh, be- to you. There it is. It's right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if to you scroll you. down, you'll see I've done yeah. three of them so far. Yeah. So Sydney Smith, who made that um, secret sauce work for remote collaboration, I did one for them also so you can see that was the first one i did yeah so you you literally are like in a yard or a garden with objects right being placed around and yeah i see yeah yeah so it was like a very fun way to to curate something initially i was thinking of it as being just like like almost like a kiosk sort of setup mm-hmm. but once i got to the site i was like oh these aren't so precious like they're precious to me but it's like i can put them on the ground and i can hang them up on a fence and do things like that so it, it was pretty fun which came first though the, the did the remote collaboration start before the shutdown remote collaboration came right after the shutdown oh okay yeah yeah so because initially i was planning on just doing actual shows in my apartment in this gallery space that i set up mm-hmm And then you were about to mention another project you're working Mm, on. Yeah, so the Wintertime Adventure Club, 
which I'm very excited about, the WAC, um, which is a sub club of Reality Club, is uh, it's meant to like motivate people, including myself, to go outside during winter. And I think, you know, as things are getting worse here with the pandemic, it's it's going to be really hard to get connection in that way. And also just to like feel connected to the space outside of your apartment or your house or wherever you live. And so, yeah, that's starting up. We'll be doing them at least once a month. Our first one is in a week at this place called the Tall Grass Prairie National Preserve, which is about two hours south southwest of Kansas City where I am. And it's uh, it's a really beautiful place. So that's, that's we're going to do that. Through uh, a sim- similar kind of system of requests or invites? Or? Um, this one's just open invite. So an open invitation, anyone can come. RSAPs are not necessary, but I put my email up there in case people have questions or something mm-hmm. like that. And my hope is to like just have it be a good experience. I'm going to be bringing my camera to like document it in a way. It's supposed to just be sort of like a, a fun thing, very like Boy Scout-like. Do you do you think the this idea of remote collaboration will continue uh, past the pandemic, when, I mean, it, it it seems like such a great way to reach a greater audience, a wider audience. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it, I think, I, I think so. I mean, it feels like in a way, it like even without the pandemic, it seemed like a logical sort of like path for my work. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And uh, I've like have a couple other projects that relate to it in, in a way. I'm working on like a... Um, with JC Franco, who I'm collaborating with on this project called Take Home, which is like a potluck style publication, meaning that every artist contributes enough like additions of an object so that every artist participating gets one, like a potluck dinner. It doesn't have to be remote, but it works very well in a remote setting also because you don't yeah. have to like come together to make everything and you can do it by mail. So I'm trying to organize one that's an exchange like with Kansas City and Baltimore, almost like sister cities. They're not like officially sister cities because they're like in the same nation. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, you know, in answer to your question, yes, I, I think it will continue in some way. And also there's the whole online component to all of this stuff, too, and the, the room for kind of exchange there. Just to, to bring it back to the show where we started, what is your reality in the pandemic? What was your sort of ability to interact with that show. Um, uh, as so well. it was I mean, very limited. Um, I am in Kansas City. The show is in New York and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I was not able to attend or go. I saw pictures. They mailed me the catalog. My l- younger brother, who is also involved in the arts, uh, he works at Gladstone Gallery. Oh. Yeah, so he, and he lives in Brooklyn. So he was able to attend. And a very good friend of mine, my best friend, Tucker Eason, who's a painter, was also able to attend. So they kind of like went for me as like representatives. Your surrogates. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, my surrogates. <laughs> and uh, so, but yeah, that was it. But it's strange, you know, like normally this, you know, it's my first show in New York, like showing any work there. Normally this would be like a very big moment for me. And it is a very big moment for me, but like right. I would certainly attend. Like if I could do that, that would be like a very meaningful thing for me. So it's this strange disconnect, you know, that a lot of people are experiencing. Absolutely. Uh, did you have any interaction with the jurors at all? Nothing outside of the like formal mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, the Orange Art Fund, I mean, they seem like a really lovely group. Adrian is, is who I've been like in contact with, and she seems mm-hmm. just really lovely. And I, I like yeah. her work too, that augmented reality show that, that she had up. At least like the images I saw online were really, really fascinating. Yeah, that that is a um, that is a, a collaborative duo. Uh, Ajwan and Kuzma uh, put that work together. It's and it's been doing really well. Um, well, thank you for uh, 
uh, coming on the show. It, I'm sorry it took so long, but uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't no, even no um, you know putting out shows as frequently as I, I was when you know when this all started. I had to retool and figure out new ways of recording. You know, it used to be in person. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you on that. I was like trying to do some recordings similar to this at the beginning of stuff, and it was like I had to like not publish two of them because of technical issues with the recording, and I felt so bad. Yeah. you know, it's, it's terrible. I've had I've had at least one redo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a, it's a rough feeling. But no, thank you so much for for taking the time and, and being interested in being my work. It's really, it's uh, humbling and it, it feels really nice. I just love the uh, collaborative methods you employ in your work. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> talk again where I can hear more about you and, and your stuff. Yeah, and maybe after the, you know, let, I'm curious to see what you end up doing after the program, after Micah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once I get East Coast, I'll come up for a visit and we'll, we'll do all the things. Good. <laughs> Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being on. Cool. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Real Photo Show with Michael Chauvin Dalton is a production of Real Photo Show, which you can listen to on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and be sure to subscribe on any one of those services or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you know what, just in case, I'll just say, well, thanks again. This has been great. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's, right. a, it's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, bye, All everyone. Right, bye.